Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, daily reading of the gospel and brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, May 8th, 2023, the Monday of the fifth week of Easter. Today's reading is once again from the gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. So we continue with the Gospel of John during the Easter season. And Jesus is trying to take us deeper. He's trying to show us something. And you know, I don't want to uh, border here on being a Gnostic. See, Gnostics are heretics who I think the majority of Gnostics over the ages deny the humanity of Christ. Most of these heresies are just one extreme or another about Jesus, either denying his humanity or denying his divinity. But Gnostics talk about having a hidden knowledge that only certain people have. Uh, that's not what I'm going to talk about here that like, you know, some of us are better than everybody else and we've been given special favors, but I want to address Jesus saying, and he says this in different places in different ways, how his apostles, uh, they, I mean, I'm just going to say the word I was going to try to get to it gradually, but I'll just say the word, the word is intimacy. It's an intimacy with Jesus. Sometimes I meet people and they want to argue about religion. And I have to remember, and it's it can be challenging sometimes, even though I've studied a lot and gotten degrees and things like that. If I'm trying to save a person's soul, of course, I'm not the savior. Jesus saves the soul, but he uses us to help, you know, in the process. It's not always about the intellect, even though the other person might want to argue this point or that point, or maybe something from history or whatever, theology, philosophy, they want to argue. And very often as believers, especially if we know our stuff, we want to argue back. Well, I know better than you. And I know, you know, this is what really happened in history. And this is really what the Bible says. And this is what the church council said about it. And, you know, it's true. There's a lot of people out there that don't know their faith. But what Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples here, and it was true for them just like it's true for us, he calls us to intimacy. He calls us to be close to him. And in light of intimacy, I just want to go through this reading again. Observing my commandments. Okay. That means being in the state of grace. That means that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's a far greater intimacy you could ever have with another human being. And then there's a love. Loving Jesus, being loved by him, therefore being loved by the Father. And Jesus says, I will come to you and reveal myself to you. 
So having a relationship with Jesus means I'm going to understand things better. I'm going to see him more clearly. I'm going to feel his peace within me. I'm going to feel his grace. We don't always feel it, but there is grace that's going to dwell in us and change us from the inside out. Faith is not about changing the circumstances of our lives, although that can be part of it, whether they're changed for us or whether we're the ones doing the changing. But faith and religion and all these things, spirituality, is about a transformation that happens on the inside because God comes to us. God lives within us, starting with our baptism. And then it's about the relationship. It's about intimacy. Judas, not the Iscariot, asked the question, oh, why are you revealing yourself to us and not to others? Jesus answers, whoever loves me will keep my word. My father will love him. We will come and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Hey, they might get it right. You know, broken clock is right twice a day. But still, they're not keeping my words because they're my words. Very often, people feel like all they have to do is good deeds. No, salvation consists in the intimacy. It's a gift, and the Lord literally gives us his very self. The word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father. So Jesus is saying, yes, the Father and I want to dwell in you. And then he keeps going to the ultimate truth here, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything. So reading this and trying to understand it better and trying to grow in intimacy, one of the most frustrating things in the whole world, I'm not going to harp on this. This is just a little side note I'm making just to uh, continue the topic here. Uh, there's an endless amount of frustration when preparing people for confirmation, such as our young people, our eighth graders usually. I think eighth grade is the worst age to be doing that. And they don't know about the intimacy. They don't care about the intimacy. Those that have the intimacy, well, for the most part, I would say 99% of the time it's been shown them by their parents. If their parents pray, If their parents love Jesus and if that's reflected in their lives, well, then the kids are going to learn that too. So some of the kids, you know, there's going to be an intimacy there and therefore it all means something to them. Oh, good. I want to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But with the majority, we're playing verbal gymnastics. And sometimes it's even a physical gymnastics with all the service hours we make everybody do. And it's not about the intimacy. It drives me crazy. Did you do your service hours? Did you pass your test? Are you going to church? Now, these are important things, but what do we have? A bunch of people either that skip mass, don't go to church, or they sneak around, they lie, their parents lie, if the church does actually require that you go to church, which the universal church does, sometimes parishes don't. But even if they're going through the motions with all these things, The intimacy is lacking. How do we know the intimacy is lacking? Because after they get their confirmation, they stop coming to church because it doesn't mean that much to them. It was a hoop to jump through. It was a photo op, just like so many baptisms, just like so many first communions, just like so many church weddings, just like so many church funerals. Although the person in the casket might have really loved their faith and had an intimacy, sometimes yes, sometimes no. A lot of times the children are just doing it because the parents had put it in their will. My point is not to be negative 
and say, oh, look at these bad people. Why can't they be more like me? That's not my point. That's pharisaical, and Jesus condemns that. The point is, Jesus is trying to draw us into intimacy. That's why he came. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know and understand his cross better, what he did for the salvation of the world. He did it for you and me, but he also did it for all those other people out there, and that should help us to love him more and understand him better and realize, wow, that's true love for people that he knows are going to reject them. him. I mean, he still is doing the ultimate act of love, the ultimate sacrifice. So for us as individuals listening to this, it's, I mean, just, it's a very simple message. Jesus is calling us to intimacy. He's calling us to spend time with him, to talk to him, to share with him our hopes and our dreams, our passions, our desires. He's asking us to open up to him and listen to his voice. And to, if we're not enjoying our relationship with Jesus, well, then there's something wrong there. So then we need to keep working on that. We need to, and when I say work, I don't mean like physical work or even mental work, but rather it's growing in our hearts, letting him in, realizing he's going to give us a far greater love than any human being ever could. And in that intimacy, what happens? We learn, we, we come to possess the truth more than we did before, which is why it's frustrating. People want to argue. People want to argue even about whatever, politics, whatever else is going on in the world. And if, you, if we know the Lord, we have a much greater capacity for the truth. If we know the Lord, we are living the truth better. We're following the truth better, and, and we can't always explain it to other people. I mean, we try. We try to learn the intellectual arguments, but ultimately it's just about having that relationship with the Lord. And then for us, too, not to get caught up in, uh, you know, verbal repartee, but rather just, you know, try to continue to grow ourselves. And our Lord, remember, you know, he didn't hang around trying to convince everybody. He simply taught what he taught and then he moved on and he told his disciples, if they don't accept your message, shake the dust from your feet and move on. It's a shame to think of people being lost and that maybe we didn't do enough, but the, these are the Lord's words, shake the dust from your feet. I, when I just think of the true spirit of intimacy, of course, there's always the saints. The lives of the saints show us so many things. And even in the lives of the saints, you can read a book, but you can't always gauge the amount of intimacy they had with Jesus, you know, where their hearts were. You can see great saints like St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese, the little flower, St. Catherine of Siena, and how much time they spent in prayer. And especially after communion, how they would go on their knees and be lost and in ecstasy, you know, because they were so open in their hearts to Jesus. That's the goal. The saints are our heroes that we're trying to strive to be like. I think about Padre Pio when he wasn't allowed to say mass publicly and he did a private mass, people would sometimes just sneak in to watch, and he would be lost in those prayers for hours at a time. Imagine how they would complain about us today if we had masses that went for that long, because they're not there for the right reasons. Jesus calls us to intimacy. If, if somebody is showing us true intimacy with the Lord, therefore the Father, therefore the Spirit, um, yeah, that's heaven. That's heaven. That's what heaven's going to be like. 
people say, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to be bored in heaven? Who cares what there is to do? (laughs) I mean, I'm sure we're going to have fun. I'm sure there's going to be lots of great things for us to talk about, think about, whatever, do whatever. I don't know. The resurrection of the body, will there be food? Will Will our pets be there? I don't know. But the primary purpose of heaven, the primary reality that those of us with a relationship with Christ can't wait for is the intimacy. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to see him face to face. And and everything that goes with that. We love our loved ones here on earth. Imagine being with the Lord and our loved ones in heaven. I think about uh, another one, St. Joseph Cupertino, who they just hated him and he just loved Jesus so much. And he would just see an image of the Blessed Mother and he would just go into ecstasy right on the spot and then he would levitate. One of the few saints that ever did this. And he wasn't really that good at things by worldly standards. He wasn't the smartest guy. He wasn't the most capable, competent guy. But he loved Jesus and the Blessed Mother so much. And it just flowed out of everything that he did and said. And at one point, because he was levitating, they wanted to do an exorcism on him. And he didn't complain. He he loved it. He was like, okay, good. Wouldn't that be great if we could just all get exorcisms all the time to make sure there's no evil in us, to just keep pushing them out, whatever demons have any influence, just keep getting rid of them. That was St. Joseph of Cupertino's mentality, like, oh, you want to do an exorcism on me? Wonderful. I love that. I love prayer. I love anything that's going to bring me closer to Jesus rather than the insult of, uh, oh, you're making me look bad. So uh, anyway... This gospel is so beautiful. I recommend even reading it again um, and just recognizing, you know, our Lord is calling us to the greatest thing ever, and that is intimacy with himself that just surpasses anything that this world could possibly give us. I hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.